Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The only cure I know for the Monday blues is the Bob and Sherry show. So, Monday's the big day, huh? On a Monday. But it's Friday night. Can't you do your homework on the bus Monday morning? I don't like Monday. Sounds like a case of the Mondays. I don't like Get used to this, because we are going to be standing here every Monday for the next seven Mondays. Now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios on this Monday morning, it's Bob and Sherry. Very nice to have you with us. Thanks for making Bob and Sherry your choice. We're uh, we're all here for you. I just finished an article uh, about one of the richest families, I think the fourth richest family, the Cargills in America. And if you're a regular listener, you know that uh, I can't stand inherited wealth, great inherited wealth, mainly because I do not have great inherited wealth. (laughs) Thank you for being honest. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Some of these people, like they, they say that old money is very quiet. Not always. I don't know how old the Cargill money is, but there's a woman who married one of the Cargills, James Cargill. Her name is Kathy Cargill. And she is um, in the local news in the North Shore of Lake Superior in just outside of Duluth, Minnesota. And she's posing in a picture in front of a really big garage, a garage that's so big that it has uh, an antique uh, stagecoach and about one, two, three, four, five, six exotic cars like Lamborghinis and some cars. I don't even know what they are. And she's got on a pair of blue jeans and a really cute white shirt. She has blonde hair and she's standing there with this great big smile on her face with all of the cars and the stagecoach behind her. Now she is making, um, but by the way, uh, some of her cars cost $1 million each. She's making the news locally because she is buying up a lot of the cottages that have been in families uh, possession for generations, small cottages on Lake Superior. She's buying and at one way after over market value, like cra- throwing crazy money at these people to get these properties. Well, Did you know that? Danny, you're exactly yeah. right. One of them is Danny O'Neill. He is a longtime resident of the area. He has a modest 1500 square foot house. It was appraised because it's very close to the water at $370,000. Uh, Ms. Cargill gave him $825,000. Christmas came early this year, Mr. Cargill told the local 
newspaper. And she bought 10 of them. She bought 10 of them. And she's tearing them all down because as she was quoted, they're all pieces of crap. She said, there is no way I would live in one of these houses. The local people have not taken well to that because some of the local people are living in houses just like that. And one of the guys who was given the money, not as much as the Danny there, but, you know, made a couple of hundred thousand dollars, said, it kind of hurt my feelings. I, I did sell, but I've lived in this house since I was a kid, and it's really not a piece of crap. So here's my question to you. If you have that kind of money, you're lucky enough to have that kind of money, and she married into it, why are you acting like this? If you want to buy these houses, give these folks what they want or what you're willing to pay. Don't get involved with any publicity. If you want to tear it down, tear it down and put up a garden, put up a second garage for the next 10 cars you're going to have. Do whatever you want to do. But don't call the local people's homes a piece of crap. And don't this... pose with your hands on your hips in front of $7 million worth of automobiles and an antique stagecoach with a big cat-eating uh, grin on your face. Um, like, I am just so lucky, so wonderful. I'm perfect. Just look at me. Why would you just not shut your mouth and say, I've got everything in the world. I'm going to see if I can fit in a little bit with these folks. Because some people mistake wealth for virtue. And they think that I have money, therefore I am a good and deserving person. You don't have money because you're lazy and stupid. And then if you consider your wealth to be a measurement of your virtue, then you're going to sit judgment on all of the people that don't have your wealth. And this is why, even though they would be bitter and stringy, we need to eat the rich because they are destroying our society as we know it. This kind of extreme wealth is crushing us. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, now, I'm going to throw one flower the Cargill's way. A local resident said um, he met Jim Cargill, who is the woman's husband and obviously the, the guy that inherited the money. He said, I met him. He had a pair of black jeans on. They were dirty. He had a dirty shirt. Uh, he's worth $5 billion, and he was doing some of the housework by himself. I guess uh, he would not have he, he would not be thought of as a billionaire if you were just walking by him. He said we talked about fishing and the lighthouse. It was a blue collar conversation. So I guess the guy is kind of trying to fit in. But holy cow, his wife! Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, let's not let's not jump to too many conclusions based on one anecdote. It's true too. I just I just you know. Not everything is black and white sometimes. That's why I put it in there. Anyway, um, I just it, think you're going to buy 10 houses of the people that have had in their family forever. They was to, to call them crap, just right. buy the houses. You know you're going to bulldoze them and build some sort of luxury compound. Just do it. And silence. Exactly. That's enough exactly. of a... That's enough of a beating for the people that have lived yeah. there for generations. Oh, I agree. I mean, you know, yeah. it's Glad it's um, it's the January 2024 Minnesota real estate version of Let Them Eat Cake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's it is, true. right? Yeah, that's right. It's Bob and Cherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Cherry app. You know what? It's fine that uh, that that Pete, that lady you were just talking about, Bob, the 
the Cargill, Cargill family woman. fortune. You know, they've got like yeah. gazillions of dollars and they can afford to buy an entire lake community in Minnesota, tell all the people that live there that their houses are crap and, and then flip the camera off as they walk back in to the estate. That's fine. Those thir- those people are out there. But the people that I like to celebrate are people like this woman, Macy Davis Sutherland. She lives in California and she just managed to grow a single strand of hair out of her bicep that was measured at seven and a quarter inches long. And that's a Guinness Book of World Records achievement. Let's have a round of applause for Macy. I don't know. That's kind of gross. Um, she what, said she did not. What's the secret to that? How did she well, do it? She said, she said it was 2012. She was a junior in high school. She was mm-hmm. at Disneyland with her best friend Kaylee and the family when Kaylee's brother said, you have an extremely, an extremely long hair growing out of your arm. Let's pull it out. But Macy decided, uh-uh, you are not pulling out my extremely long arm hair. And she decided to see how long it would grow. So this starts back in 2012. She said the hair, it's a single hair. I don't know how many people have that. But some people do, like they'll have a random hair that sprouts somewhere. It would get like as as much as six inches, but it would break or it would get accidentally Mm. pulled out. She said that um, the doctor at one point, who was um, just marveling at it, measured it at um, just over five and a half inches. And that would have been enough to get the world record. But Macy, Macy's a competitor. You know, sometimes it's not enough to just get the win. You want to spike the ball in the end zone, right? So Macy said, no, I am not ready to set the world record. Let's see if it'll grow a little bit longer. So just a month ago in December, they measured it at 7.24 inches. And that is the world's longest arm hair for a female. She said, I'm going to keep going until I overtake my fellow Californian, David Reed, His arm hair is 8.54 inches. Macy, you have the heart of a champion. You gotta have goals, man. You gotta have goals. Hey, Lamar, could you could you date a woman with a seven-inch hair coming out of her arm? I'd have to see the other 99.9% of her. I'm not (laughs) saying I would. You know, saying that that wouldn't be the that wouldn't be the deal breaker. That would not be the deal breaker. That would not be the deal breaker. No. Are you telling me, Bob, that's a deal breaker for you? I think it is. Yeah. Tell I me think why. It'd be the, it's the only. Well, it's weird, and it's it's kind. Of, I it, maybe it's just me. It's kind of disgusting to have this one hair <laughs> out of there. People are going to be saying, "Wow, what you know?" And you got to be putting up with that all the time. Hey, sweetheart, you can't could you wear a long sleeve shirt? I, I well. Yeah, I mean, you really can't see it. She's yeah. blonde. She's a. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she's a natural blonde, but, you know, you, it's not like she has a dark black coarse rope sprouting out of her arm. You would never know yeah. it was there. Yeah. There are only five natural blondes in the entire United States. So let's agree on that first. And secondly, it's just that's I, that's all I would be able to think about, I think. that Now, see, that's weird to me because... Yeah. Like you would just fish this wonderful human being. Are you telling me? So you meet Mary at that wine bar and you're like, oh my God, it's like a Barbie doll in real life. And then you find out she has a 7.54 inch long arm hair and you're out. Are you telling me you're out? No, but when she's not looking, I'm going to grab that thing. 
And you're going to keep her from fulfilling her dream? (gasps) Well, that's kind of my brand. That's kind of my brand with. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me beep beep beep. Let me back that up. (laughs) Now she's got if she's got even a two inch hair growing out of her nose, I'm done. Two inch hair coming out of the nose, I'm I'm done. Okay, all right. See, that's completely different. All right, see what I mean? Yeah. Why do I seem more desperate that none of this really seems to be all that bad? I'm with you, Max. Like, first of all, I'm proud of her for 2012. Think about that's like that's 12 years ago. She's been working on this dream. That's give the woman some credit, and she's not done yet. If I had a long hair like that guy had, my wife would be following me around the house with a pair of tweezers all day long. All day long. You should think about that and ask yourself, how many times have you skated right to the edge of glory and missed your shot because of like... By hair. Right? By hair. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. Let's do it. It's Bob and Sherry. Get these morons off the air. With Morons in the News. Police officers in Monroe, Louisiana, armed with search and arrest warrants, went into the home of Darren Pittman, who is 26, year old, 26 years old, who allegedly had been selling crack from the two-bedroom apartment. Investigators were met by Michelle Smith, who is 19 years old, who yelled at them, saying that her boyfriend is not in the residence. Smith would subsequently be arrested, and I'll tell you how in a moment. Chad Johnson, who is 18 years old, was also busted when he fought with police after saying, you don't have a validity of a search warrant. There's no validity for a search warrant. An 18-year-old going head-to-head with the Monroe, Louisiana police. He was charged with resisting obstruction and felony battery with a police officer. Now, they get into the apartment, and Mr. Pittman was not initially visible when they arrived. The place is only 766 square feet. doesn't offer a whole abundance of places to hide. But the Monroe Police Department said the cops had detected movement in the kitchen before entering the apartment. They were outside with field glasses kind of looking around, and they saw more than two people. So they're looking around this apartment. Where is this guy? He's here somewhere. Mr. Pittman was located inside the dryer in the kitchen area. Court filings do not detail Pittman's height or weight or how he was able to squeeze into the dryer. He's locked up in lieu of $17,000 bond and has a whole bunch of charges against him. I'm thinking about the dryer that Mary and I have. It's not industrial size, and I'm guessing this one isn't either. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I don't think I could get in there. Oh, but you know what would be fun? I don't think I could get inside. Let's roll video of of you trying. Oh, my God, that would yes. be so fun. One, two, let's. Mary will be all about that. That's her jam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I wish I never brought this story in. <laughs> I wish I never brought it in. <laughs> all right, I just made a note. Bob's going to get in the dryer and we're going to video it. Okay. Wouldn't you feel awful if something happened to me 
like I, I, I don't know, I was electrocuted or my back was broken or something like that. And then we have the tape of you being the person who encouraged me to do that. Wouldn't you That's feel pretty dramatic? Lynch? That's First pretty of dramatic. All, you're not going to get electrocuted or have your back broken. You're not even going to shrink. OK, like nothing bad is going to happen to you. Nothing. I promise you nothing bad. And Suppose, I also promise wait, wait, you that wait, wait, once wait. we wait, 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 no, no, no. Once you're in the dryer, I'm not going to add a bounce sheet because I know you're allergic to them, okay? That was where That's I was love. going. I was going to say, suppose there was a bounce sheet in there and you know how allergic I am. Mm-mm, nope. I'm not going to let you get the fiery the fiery bits like you had that time that a certain ex dried your boxer shorts with bounce seats and, and you were living the Jerry Lee Lewis song for the entire day at work. I'm not going to do that to you, no. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to text Lamar. Mary. We're going to set this up for later today. Yeah. All right, Lamar. It's for sure. <laughs> Police in the UK have proved that a stalker was guilty by putting his atrocious spelling habits to the test. <laughs> Gary Young, 48, had been ordered to cease all contact with his ex-girlfriend. But when she blocked him on Facebook, he tried to reach her via a different synonymous account over and over and over. The woman said she immediately recognized Young's writing style, pointing out his spelling is horrible. And this is an evidence. So instead of spelling the country as Somerset, Young instead spelled it, I mean, instead of S-O-M-E-R, he spelled it S-U-M-M-E-R. To verify that they had nabbed the correct suspect, police asked Young to spell Somerset again. He used the same misspelling as he did on Facebook. Prosecutors claimed that Young used an account by the name of Mary Montgomery to contact his ex. He said he couldn't recall the exchange potentially because he was drunk at the time. Certain phrases, including Mr. Chips and Pickle Cottage, immediately gave away Young's identity, his ex said. One message reportedly said, Please don't get Mr. Chips into trouble. Mr. Chips says he's normal and has made a massive error in his life. Mr. Chip has a good heart. The stalking victim said she was forced to place cameras around her home because she felt as though Young had violated her privacy. I just want to move on with my life and be able to live normally, but I feel that he keeps me from doing this and is having a profound effect on my mental health. Young is now serving 12 months in prison. They don't play in the UK. 12 months. Yep. Yeah. It should be taking spelling classes while he's in there, if he would. (laughs) Yeah, right. A lot of time. And finally, you can file this one under the category of when you heard what was going to happen, how did you not know something bad would result? Here we go. This happened at um, a motor event, the Motorbike Expo in Milan, Italy. A stuntman steering a car with his feet while sitting on the roof somehow lost control of the vehicle. I can't see how. He's on the roof of the car steering it with his feet. What could go wrong? And he crashed into a barrier, and nine people were injured and had to be taken to the hospital. <laughs> we're out of now. Control. When, when the organizers of the Motor Expo said, "Yes, Wayne, what do you have? You're gonna sit on the roof of the car and steer it with your feet." Yeah, okay, that sounds like a plan. Like you had to know something was gonna go bad. That is morons in the news. This is Bob and Sherry. Come visit the Bob and Sherry store. Wish you to find great deals down every aisle. Wish you were here. 
We wish you were here to get the Book of Bob. Cooking with cats, Bob and Cherry grocery totes, phone cases, shirts, night shirts, caricature mugs, scones from the scone goddess, water bottles, true weird stuff, merchandise, and more. We wish you were here for the time of a lifetime. The Bob and Cherry Store on the shop tab at bobandcherry.com. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Cherry app. Well, this one could put a wrinkle in your vacation plans. You should never use a hotel iron to press your clothes, one expert traveler warned. You don't know where it's been. Numerous travel sites have revealed that hotel guests have been known to use the complimentary iron in their room for some zany off-label reasons. It's worth inspecting the hotel iron or testing it on a non-external facing garment before trusting your soon-to-be crisp white shirt. Why? Because pilots and others notice notoriously use irons to reheat pizza and other food leftovers. Instead of risking it, a self-described frequent flyer recommends leaving the iron in the closet and hanging your clothes as close to the shower as possible and allow the steam to get the wrinkles out for you. The warning comes after one popular TikTok. The user's name is at Barfly777 attracted considerable attention not only making pizza in the bathroom at a hotel, but using the hotel iron to grill a steak while making noodles in the coffee pot. It may seem like a big mistake. The video has over 50,000 views. He says, you set your clothes, set your clothes iron to medium rare. Grill the steak for three minutes, okay? He's, and he, and he, he's going ahead and he's making his ramen in the coffee maker. He Then he says, you flip that B, and, and he tells people to grill the other side of the steak for three minutes. At the end of the cooking, he tells his viewers that while the noodles were perfect, the steak was not perfect and that he might go to bed hangry. But he had a medium steak. Can you imagine this? I'm never no, going to no. use the iron again. Never going to Ever. use the iron again. Never. Just get a, port- a portable I'll, steamer. I already don't use the coffee maker. I do not use the coffee no, maker. I would I never use, use that. That's out. So, at your own risk. This is Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Henry Cho. It's good to be here in North Georgia, like I said. Great town y'all got here. It's be great when they finish. <laughs> They're not done, right? I'm kidding. It's a great town. We went to the uh, farm and fork. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Ground to the table. Farm to fork. Yeah, they serve pizza. <laughs> so I went to go pick it up, and I said, where in the farm to fork did this happen? Well, it's a new item, because the other farm to fork items weren't doing well. Not really. So you're going to be a pizza joint next year? Probably. But we've been here three hours. We got in early, so we've seen it all. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a great town. Y'all are great. It's smart to be here because, you know, no one knows you're here, really. Because you just drive right by. You, I mean, you really. If I didn't know I was stopping here, on to Chattanooga. 
But y'all go to Chattanooga, and how far is that? 20 miles? 20 miles. I'm sorry. You came from Chattanooga. Okay, okay. You came from Chattanooga to see me? 20 whole miles. Thank you for coming to Chattanooga. I'm sorry, you're still talking. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, this isn't TV. I can hear you. Go ahead. So, I know you do that at your shows all the time, watching your stories. Get out of that room! So Ringo, Ringo Gold, you're right in the middle of uh, nowhere and Chattanooga. No, oh, it is. It's great. Because, I mean, we were coming here, and it's like, you know, Alex is like, where's Ringo? And I go, I don't know, man. Just, just go. You'll see a sign. Get off. And it's right there. He goes, do I have to go left or right? I go, I don't know. It's right there, man. It's, you're coming the other way, it's still right there. So it's Ringold. Make sure you gold. Because they get upset. You say, Ringo. Y'all don't like that. Anyway, so we've been here a little bit. It's funny, you know, when, when we booked this, my agents, they're in L.A., and they're like, you flying to Ringgold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to chop her right in, pal. It's a, <laughs> grab a crop duster and I'll be right there. No, I love coming to towns like this. I do, because y'all are the best people in the world, and uh, no one knows that. So <laughs> I'm here to. I appreciate y'all showing up. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You got better things to do. I do too. But we're here. <laughs> he works show. without a net. Yeah, he works oh without a God. net. That guy. Yeah. He was great. He was great. But don't you, I mean, you grew up in a tiny town, Lamar. I spent a lot of my childhood yeah. in a town with a population of 486 people. There's a yeah. lot to be said I mean, for it. There is. There is. I mean. Like what? You know. Like what? You do know everybody and everybody knows you and everybody uh-huh. watches out for everybody <laughs> else's kids and you know all the grown-ups. So stranger yeah. danger is a little easier to navigate because you yeah. recognize yeah, a stranger immediately. But as a teenager, though, as a teenager, you got to be on better behavior because yeah. no matter what you you're doing. You can't get away with it. Somebody yeah. knows your mama. I mean, and I yeah. got to be honest with you. This is why I never, drug situation never happened to me. Never, never happened mm-hmm. to me because in my town, you get caught drinking a beer, eh, you get caught smoking pot. Oh, they'll throw you out of town. I mean, you're done. You can yeah, never. Exactly. Oh, yeah. my God. You were branded. That you is were, true. You know, so I'm like, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. That is so, Yeah, so you do. It forces you to behave. When you yeah. know that everything you do is getting back right away. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, you, yeah. Can, you can get lost in a big city. You can't get lost in a small town. Everybody okay. knows That's your right. business. And yeah, they not only know your business, they can remember back three generations of that one <laughs> uncle you had that we don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. You can, find, yeah you can find Henry Cho on our website, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Click the menu tab. Look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And while you're there, you should really nominate your favorite teacher. It could be yourself to win an incredible trip from Visit Florida to Margaritaville in Fort Myers Beach, Florida. We love and appreciate teachers here at the Bob and Sherry Show. We want to send you on vacation. 
It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. You know, sadly, Bobby, the Portuguese Mastiff, who had clinched the title of the oldest dog ever by the time he died at the apparent age of 31, is having the distinction reviewed after doubts about his lifespan gave the officials at the Guinness Book of World Records pause for thought. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. The, the, the canine's demise made headlines around the globe as the oldest living dog. But all of, up until then, there was an Australian cattle dog named Bluey who was 29. And he had held it up until Bobby. But now it looks like everybody's suspicious because Bobby's record-breaking age, which equates to more than 200 human years, seems a little sketchy. Some observers noted that the images of Bobby in 1999 showed he had different colored paws to the dog that died in Portugal in 2023. Vets pointed out that although his age had been registered on the National Pet Database, such entries were usually based on the owner's self-certification. And then there was the genetic testing, which confirmed he was old, but it did not provide a precise age. Danny Chambers, a vet and council member of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, said, not a single one of my veterinary colleagues believed that Bobby was actually 31 years old. So now they're having a totally serious investigation to see what the deal was. Uh, find out exactly how the registration went, uh, you know, who the owner, what he said, you know, all this kind of stuff. There's just no registration or data that confirm or deny the statement. So official from the government database also told the magazine that they had never been contacted by Guinness Book of World Records to verify the information. Bobby's owner did not respond to questions. On Tuesday, a spokesman for Guinea's Book of World Records confirmed a formal review of the oldest dog record was underway and that they were examining the evidence and consulting experts. While our review is ongoing, we have decided to temporarily pause, again, applications on both (laughs) record titles for the oldest dog living and ever until all of our findings are in place. She added that it would be misleading to suggest that Bobby had been stripped of his title. No action has been taken in relation to any other record holders yet. This is a problem. This is a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's so sketchy. So sketchy. This is disgraceful. Because there, there was no hard evidence that he was that old. It was they were taking the owner's word, right? Word. I don't yeah. know what the appeal is about lying about your dog's age. I guess to see the dog in the in the book, but um, mm. that's very mm. sketchy. Mm. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Can't blame Bobby for this. He didn't no, register his own self. Bobby's yeah. Bobby's right. done what he's supposed to do. Yeah, so. that's right. But you know, in, in a world where, thanks to the internet and AI and all sorts of things, <laughs> you can't trust anything. Now, yeah. I can't trust a dog, thanks to this yeah. um, unscrupulous person. That is just, yeah. man, that is disappointing. 
And that gave a lot of dog people false hope. You know, if Bobby can be that old, my dog. Maybe mine could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. What do you think about that, Mojo? Huh? He's just not much. He's he's just sleeping away. You know, because it's been cold, I've had to take him out with a jacket on. He has a little brown jacket. And I wear a leather brown jacket. And one of my neighbors said to me, isn't that cute? You're wearing matching jackets. I have reached (laughs) a point in my life where inadvertently I'm dressing like the dog. It happens and you don't even see it coming. You know, it just does. you're, You're picking up his poop and putting it in a bag. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this oh, is where we're, this is where we're at. Yeah, thanks right. for pointing that out too. Right, our pleasure. It's Bob and he Sherry. Dodged it. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I have a deal going right now with my poor immobilized husband that um, for every murdery thing we watch, we can watch something sportsy or something not murdery. So I can't like do back to back. <laughs> That's a good deal. That's yeah, good I can't deal. do I can't do back to back, you know, datelines on him right now because he's the poor thing yeah. is trapped. But um the number one show on Netflix right now is a three-part documentary series called American Nightmare. Mm. And they're saying it's mm. the real life gone girl. And I just absolutely have to watch it. Lamar, are you watching this or have you watched this? Finished it. Finished it. Oh my, couldn't stop. Could not stop. Mary's watching, watching it. it. Mary's watching it oh. with uh, Madison, who's visiting. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's the most unbelievable. It, it is a great, great, great documentary, and they did a great job with it. it's, it's so, tremendous. what can you tell us without spoiling it? Like, what? All I know about it is it's the real life Gone Girl. That's all I've got. So, what can you tell us? Basically, this guy wakes up and he realizes that his girlfriend has been kidnapped. Some people break in on them the night before and they've got like uh, lasers, you know, like on laser sights and all this. And and they make them take uh, NyQuil and they give them something else to make them sleepy. And so he wakes up. And she is gone and he's really groggy. So he, he calls the police and they come out and, and they start working with him on this, but there's really no sign. You know, and he, like I say, I think his grogginess really made him sound crazy. I've got um, this, I've got the trailer for it. If you want, it's got a little of that sound on it. Yeah. 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 Run it, run it, run it. My girlfriend, he got kidnapped last night. And you didn't call last night when this occurred? I was tied up. Tell me what happened. I wake up. Bright light blinding us. Taser goes off. And I see they're wearing wetsuits. It's her. I just got a message. 
she's walking over to my house. I've never heard of a case where the kidnappers drop their victim at the front door of their house. We thought she's this innocent victim. She looks more like a suspect. Police now wondering, is Huskins a real-life gone girl? Something else has happened here. Maybe this is about revenge. We find zip ties, toy guns, and a blow-up doll. Can this get any stranger? Who's really behind all of this? And they get an email confessing to the crime. Do we all get this wrong? officer but here's a word of advice to all the men if you wake up and your woman's gone you better sound a little more convincing than that guy did <laughs> well, like i say yeah I, and i see why the police would not automatically believe it but he had told him he said they're going to contact me on my phone well the police took his phone and put it on airplane mode so why so the, 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 this is the, they fumbled this thing up so many, and then all of a sudden the public opinion turned on them, and so now they are being treated horrifically about this whole thing, and, and oh, and this went on for quite a while, and I mean, what what an amazing story, what an amazing story, but yeah, don't and don't tell us, weird. yeah. He, he did sound he, you weird, know, yeah. so, you know, and you're thinking, what? He didn't sound as alarmed as I, but then you don't know no, how you would act, I guess. That's one know. of the things. There's there's no hard and fast rules on how people are going to react to certain things that happen. And the only guy, question that I have is, and I'm not I'm not asking you to reel, but is there some resolution no. at the end of this documentary? Well, it ends. Uh, <laughs> other than that, other than that, Bob Lacey, there's it your ends. resolution. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. But no, the, the thing is with this guy, you get to know him, you get to know her, you get to know him both. He is a very low key guy. So considering his personality, and he's very low key, very whatever. And then when you add the drugs and the Nyquil and everything, and you know, yeah. But what he sounded like, but they they just I don't know. It, it, it gives you an idea that whatever a person decides in an investigation, they're not willing to change their idea. They're going to follow their idea sometimes. You know, I think it's a, just a blinders on type situation, but it, it, the movie never has a moment that you lose your, it, it loses your attention. I mean, I mean, and it's only, you, it's only three episodes, right? Three episodes. That's the coolest part. It's only three episodes. Okay, the it's name, really where, where is it? What's the platform? What's the name again? And what's the platform? American, American Nightmare. Nightmare and Netflix. Uh -huh. Netflix. It's unbelievable. It's strong. You know, this, this is terrible, but uh, one of the things I've learned from, you know, eons of true crime television, starting with, you know, 2020 and 48 Hours and Dateline and Forensic Files and Cold Case Files, right? And then, of course, all the movies. I have learned yeah. that the first thing they're looking at is your reaction to the news. Yes! And unless you got some acting chops. You're um, old, buddy. You're old. Yeah. <laughs> don't try. Don't try to. Don't even try. But 
you better you better hope that your response doesn't red flag you because that's how if you're crying if you're crying there better be some tears rolling down them cheeks buddy because they're oh yeah oh yeah well look at look at the murdoch look at the murdoch murders oh yeah when when he was interviewed right he was like, <laughs> but his cheeks <laughs> were dry. Right. Yeah. Uh, don't be great, thinking. Don't be it. thinking that you woke up and you're Brad Pitt or Meryl Streep or something. You better. <laughs> you know what? Don't be killing people. That's your best bet. Yes. Don't, don't be killing it. people. Don't do it. Don't be kidnapping them. Don't be killing them because you're not going to get away with it. That is today's public service announcement. It's Bob and Sherry. (laughs) The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. Emma Stone is getting a lot of comments about her nude scenes and her new movie, Four Things. And when asked about it, she says the character, Bella, is completely free and without shame about her body. And she said, I'm all about commitment to the craft. In Four Things, the 35-year-old actress plays Bella Baxter, a grown woman who has been resurrected with the brain of her unborn child. As she matures unnaturally quickly, her discovery of womanhood includes plenty of uninhibited sex, including with a lecherous lawyer named Duncan, who is played by Mark Ruffalo, who looks like he's crying the entire time, I'm sure. Uh, Stone touched on the honest nature of the sex scenes in an interview. She said that so much of this was about being true to Bella's experience. She had studied the character. She knew how she was supposed to feel. She said the sex is obviously a huge part of her experience and her growth as it is, I think, for most people in life. So for the camera to sort of shy away from that or to say like, okay, we'll just cut all of this out because our society functions in a particular way, she said it felt like a lack of being honest about who Bella is. And she said, I'm not a person that just wants to be naked all the time, but I am someone (laughs) who wants to honor the character as fully as I possibly can. That's part of her journey. So, you know, she said if that's what the character calls for, that's what she's going to do, and that's what she did. She's an actress. That's, that's what yeah. she's supposed to do, I guess. That's what yeah. she's supposed to do, exactly. The clips so, I've seen from this movie are hilarious, Lamar. I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot yeah. wait to watch What this. a premise. What a pre- It's like a Frankenstein-type premise. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah so, exactly. I think it might be good. I want to go see it. I really do. And Mark Ruffalo, he's just so, God, what a dramatic person. Well, you know good. that both Mark Ruffalo and Emma Stone got Best Actor, Best Actress nominations for yes, the Oscars. So it's, it's probably going to be real good. <laughs> yep, it is. This is Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It's talk back time, and you can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERI or you can shoot us a message via our free app and Google Play or the Apple Store. You can use the app to listen to the show and all of our podcasts you can, and our contests and text the studio. And you can tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk, and the app will do the rest. Hey, guys. Uh, LaVon from Wisconsin. I'm just calling about how Bob is just beside himself because he received the information to put together his 2023 tax documents. And... Um, I, my late husband was a CPA and 
Um, he pretty much got tired of doing the taxes. And for the last eight years when he was alive, he had taught me how to do them. So I did them. So you guys don't have a prayer when a CPA doesn't even want to do his own taxes. But anyway, the thing is, Sherry said that she would rather go to prison for tax evasion. Well, one of my nieces said, I just hope somebody steals my identity and files my taxes for me. Anyway, you guys have a great day. Bye-bye. We're not alone. We're not alone. I feel better about that. Oh, my yeah. God. You know, how many times in your lifetime have you heard somebody in Congress say, you know, what we need is a very simple tax form that any American can fill out. Oh, We're going to have an easy to understand way that people will be taxed. And the more you make, you're going to pay a little bit more. And then it's all. But everybody's going to have to pay. And you can fill it out on the back of a postcard every never. five years, every 10 never. years. And it never happens. It's never going to happen. Just like the rich are never going to pay their fair share. It's never going to happen. And it is so rare. It is so rare for a very wealthy person to get into trouble for taxes that if I said to you, name some wealthy people that got into trouble for taxes, the best you can probably do is tell me Wesley Snipes and Martha Stewart. What else you got? (laughs) Or Al Capone. The Chrisleys. The Chrisleys. The Chrisleys, yeah. yeah. The Chrisleys. Isn't yeah. it? But isn't it interesting that um, it's these like uh, show business, entertainment industry, athlete figures that you know that get into trouble for taxes? Bernie Madoff didn't get into trouble for taxes. He got into trouble for a Ponzi scheme. Like these, right. a lot of these people. Um, my daughter, my daughter Olivia, pays more in taxes than Jeff Bezos. No joke, no exaggeration. She pays more, and she pays like I think she paid two hundred and fifty dollars last year in taxes, which is exactly two hundred and fifty dollars more than the founder of Amazon.com. It is the little people that pay the bills for everything, and the little people that go to jail for prison or go to prison for taxes. And, and as and- someone who is now living quite the dream here. Um, Camp Cupcake with crafts and yoga. I don't know. That doesn't sound so bad. I'm going to be honest with you. Sounds kind of rest. You know, when you say the little people, the initial um, image is somebody who's making very, very little money, but they're taxed a tiny bit. It's I, I think really the people who get screwed the most are kind of in the middle. You know, they don't own a business that they can write off everything under the sun. You know, I have a friend that bought a business and he planned to sell sell it years later. But during those periods, he could write off everything that he made because there were business losses. And then he just sold it and he did very well. It's the person who's grinding it out that doesn't own a business, but he does. He's a great or she's a great salesman and they're making, you know, pretty good money making one hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars a year. But they're hit with a pretty high tax bill. And yet Those because the they people. have no write offs, they have no write offs. Yeah. But if but if you've got the right attorneys, tax attorneys and, and information coming in, you know, these some of these guys are knocking down ten million dollars a year and they're paying the percentage of a secretary's tax. And those are, that's why we call those the little people, because those are the little people. See, you don't want to think of yourself as the little people, but we live in a world now where there are only two kinds of people, the multimillionaire and billionaire class and the rest of us, and we're the little people. But you know what? Martha Stewart, 
Um, one of the, her fellow inmates at Camp Cook, Cupcake, which I think was Alder, mm-hmm. Alder something, Alder, it was some kind, wasn't that the name of it, Camp Alder something? Um, yeah. They learned how to knit and crochet in prison, and one of those ladies made Marcha, Martha a poncho, and I would certainly like to learn a new craft, so putting that down on my 2024 wish list. Camp, it's Camp Alderson is, is... Camp Alderson, I knew it was something like that. It's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. Dr. Leo Stanley was chief surgeon at San Quentin State Prison from 1913 to 1951. His horrific pro-eugenics legacy included performing inhumane surgeries on inmates as a way to rehabilitate them. From thyroid removal to transplanting testicular glands from executed prisoners to living ones, his belief in surgical cures for criminal minds made him a medical Frankenstein. True. Weird. Stop. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. I go nuts for comfort food. If it's really cold outside and it's a certain type of comfort food, I try not to eat a lot of this stuff during the regular part of the year, but it was down in the 30s not long ago. And Mary said, it was on a Sunday afternoon, I'm going to make some chili. I'm going to make some chili. I'm going to put a topping of uh, cheddar cheese on it. And I'm going to make some homemade biscuits to go, cheddar biscuits to go along with it. I started eating that about two in the afternoon. I had two bowls of it. I had three of those cheddar biscuits and I'm not a biscuit man. And I put the fantastic topping on it of cheddar cheese. And then later on, I had it again at night. I went nuts for her delicious chili. So I'm online. And the next day, I found this on Yankee Magazine, uh, which is on my computer. It was the ode to the fluffer nutter, but not just an everyday fluffer nutter a toasted fluffernutter. It is the gooeyest combination of peanut butter and marshmallow fluff you can get. It's grilled like a grilled cheese. You take, now if you people listening don't have marshmallow fluff, you are missing something. It comes in a jar, it's either white or pink marshmallow, in a jar, and you take a, a knife and you just wrestle it out and you put it on white bread. And then you get another knife and you go into the peanut butter and you put it on the other side of the white bread. You really coat it. It is semi-liquid marshmallow. And then you put it together. And this recipe says you just grill it for a while, just like a grilled cheese, maybe two minutes on one side. And then you flip it over and you grill it on the other. And you can see the marshmallow and the peanut butter melting a little bit onto the pan and then it's red hot and it's cold outside and it is like biting into your childhood but even better because it's hot and gooey normally i wouldn't eat that but i want one i want one so much not only would you normally not eat that but you would be on your high horse 
prancing its hooves, condemning anyone who did eat it. Yes. And if any of us said, well, I was a little chilly outside, so I ate five cheddar biscuits, you would be giving us a firm talking to. <laughs> and please do not pretend otherwise, because we all know. No man is perfect but one, okay? So I don't know why you're coming down on me for that. Can I not Lamar. have just a few days yeah, you're right. of being less than perfect? <laughs> just a few. Yeah, everybody deserves a break, Bob. Everybody deserves a break. Don't don't write that down for that stupid book. Oh, it's too late. It's it is too much. Geez. It is too January, much. Don't, don't put it on the every day. Don't put that on the coffee cup. Don't put it on a coffee cup. Everybody needs a break for being perfect. Oh, <laughs> anyway, Bob, you you don't just you don't you you berate people who do this. I mean, you, you berate them. <laughs> Did you I'm do trying that? to help you went, them. You went into out. a coffee shop or a donut shop one day and berated them about the donuts. Yeah, <laughs> I just were, answered a question. Reading. I because they were pushing. Do- I just wanted coffee and they were pushing donuts on me. Because it's a donut so store. That's what they sell. <laughs> yeah. That's how they pay the bills. They sell, That's they how sell they keep lights also. on. You know, at the they do have coffee, but their primary, their key business model is the donuts. donuts. Now, speaking yeah. of, I have to say, I saw the greatest video i think it might i think it might have been on twitter slash x um a, a people were in a dunkin donuts drive through and a raccoon uh-huh. was crossing the parking lot so the okay. the car slows down and you hear the passenger saying wait let's go he's don't hit him don't hit him and the raccoon is walking up to the drive through window and he walks up and he pauses and he walks up and he pauses and he gets up right up to the window and he stands up on his hind legs and the drive through window slides open and the Dunkin' Donuts employee leans out and puts a frosted donut in the raccoon's little hands. Oh, that is oh, so best sweet. Best thing ever. Oh, donut that raccoon. that is so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's my man. I'm going yeah, to send y'all. You know what? I'm going to send y'all that video and I'll send it to Doc too and we can, uh, we can get that posted up so that everybody can enjoy the pure magic of donut raccoon unless of course now you want to go on a tear about how the don't the raccoon shouldn't be eating donuts because it's bad for the no, raccoon no it's fine it's fine it's, it's Bob and Sherry can you believe this is sponsored by BritBox unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV you read it once don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I believe this I don't care who you are. I don't care where you live. You are complaining about the roads in your state. I have my brother. That's true. Who com- yeah. My brother complains <laughs> bitterly about um, the potholes and the narrow lanes in Jersey and the endless road construction and disasters in Pennsylvania. I have a family member who lives in uh, Wyoming near Cheyenne who will tell you that there are no worse roads than the roads in Wyoming, even though there are only Mm -hmm. four cars on them at any given time. I have family members in Utah. My mother will tell you point blank that you don't even want to think about driving a car anywhere in the state of Utah, but especially 
down toward the border with Nevada, no matter where you live. Atlanta, people complain about the roads. Orlando, people complain about the roads. But when you look at the actual USA and you factor in um, traffic and weather and road maintenance and gas stations and safety and all of that, you can come up with the 20 worst places to drive in the USA and the 20 best. Which one do you want first? Um, I want to have the best the best first, if everybody yeah. uh, agrees, and then the yeah. worst. Yep. Okay. Yep. Here are the 20 best places in America to drive your car, starting in the number 20 position. Arizona, Arkansas, New Mexico, Utah. Sorry, Mom. Florida, Wisconsin, Idaho, Wyoming. Sorry, Lisa. Nebraska, Indiana, and number 10 is North Dakota. Top 10 hmm. best places to drive in America. Number 10, North Dakota, Texas, Tennessee, Ohio, North Carolina. Now we're at the top five. Alabama, Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia coming in at number two. Sorry, Atlanta drivers. And the best place in the whole U.S. of A to drive your car is Iowa. And I'm going to have to agree with that. That smooth, flat asphalt, plenty of gas stations, you know, that gets get nasty in the winter, you get some tornadoes in the spring, but for the most part, Iowa is a beautiful place to drive. Are you ready mm. for the worst? Mm -hmm. The 20 worst places to drive in America. Let's start at number 20 with Michigan, followed by Maine, Connecticut, Alaska, Oregon, Colorado, Missouri. There's New Jersey at number 13. Number 12, New Hampshire. Number 11, Maryland. And now we're at the top 10 most terrible places to drive. Montana, Vermont, Rhode Island, Nevada, Massachusetts. Now we're at the top five worst places to drive. California, West Virginia, Delaware, Washington State. And the number one worst place to drive in America. And I, I'm going to, before I tell you what this is, I don't care if every road has potholes and the traffic jams are around the clock. I would like to have a chance to experience this for myself because the number one worst place to drive in America is Hawaii. Is that right? Wow. That got me. I didn't, I didn't see Hawaii coming. Uh, the majority of the bad weather uh, the majority of the places with bad roads are bad weather places. When I say bad weather, I mean rough weather during the winter. Not all, but a, a bunch of them are. Um, I'm surprised um, but, Iowa is such up there so high with roads. I guess it's, it's not densely populated. Would that be part of it? Well, it's, I mean, if you've ever driven through Iowa, they do a really good job with maintaining the roads. They're smooth uh -huh. and there's right, a, right. And, and Iowa is very flat, so you don't have a lot of hairpin turns. That's and true. Mountain yeah, passes and yeah. climbing. But, Bob, right. I got to tell you, on the best places to drive, you had Wisconsin, Idaho, Wyoming, Nebraska, and North Dakota. Those are yeah, some tough that surprised winters. Me. Tough winters Those there. Those are some yeah. tough winters. I, I, was, I was surprised. So, so what do you think adds to um, those problems? Is it local monies? Is it the topography? What what would add put them in in those places? Well, according to this, it it all came down to a bunch of stuff with uh -huh. badly maintained roads, 
So if you live in a place with terrible weather and terribly maintained roads, it's going to be bad, right? Because you've got like snow and ice, but they're not really taking care of the roads. You've got potholes and things aren't being graded. Um, They also did a thing about safety and traffic. And that's why I was surprised for everybody that complains about Florida and Georgia. Georgia's the second place, best place in the country to drive, even with Atlanta. And Florida is the 16th best, even with that crazy snarl that is I-4 around Orlando. Like anyone that's ever driven 95 down to Orlando is going, yeah. what? What? That can't possibly be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do know this. No matter what state you live in, the best part of your state for great roads is wherever the heads of your legislatures live. Because oh, they control yeah. the purse strings. And I'm not just making this up. I've seen it in real life. The roads around where these dudes live are beautiful. The rest of the state can go to hell, but their roads are really nice. Well, take some pride, Iowa, because you are the greatest place to drive in the whole USA. Yeah, cool. buddy. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. We talk about food a lot on the Bob and Sherry show. We've got an actual Italian chef who's part of the show. And Lamar, you know, can do anything you want with bacon. And uh, I love seafood. So uh, we now turned it over to Lamar because he has a new tasty treat that has just been introduced to the American diet. What all is it, Lamar? Well, I know you're familiar with Kraft Singles, that uh, cheese food type thing that's not really cheese, but it says firmly on the package it contains dairy, so I I don't know. (laughs) They've come out with three brand new flavors. They've got jalapeno, garlic and herb, and caramelized onion. Now, I'm pretty sure there's no jalapeno or no herbs or no onions in this, but it's supposed to taste. taste like it. It says that these are the first new flavors in nearly a decade. The top-selling sandwich cheese brand, Kraft, said that one in four American households have Kraft singles in their refrigerators, and they can lay there for the next three years and nothing's going to happen to them. That's a fact. (laughs) Kraft suggested using the caramelized onion singles on a ham and cheese panini, the jalapeno singles on a steak sandwich, and that delicious garlic and herb singles on a chicken parm sandwich. These new flavors will be available in packs of 16 slices starting this month at retailers nationwide. Bon appetit if you're going to eat these you, slices. You know, oh, my God. I, I don't like it now that I'm adult, <sighs> but I could see, I can see how it would be appealing. I, I have to defend Kraft a little bit. As a kid... You know, my mother's working, my father's working. There's nothing in the refrigerator. It's a summer day. And I go in there and I look. And it's so sad. If I could find those individually wrapped craft slices and I open it up, it's still soft. At least I got something in my belly, you know? And plus, at least in one hand, you've got to slice of fat stuff, and then you got the wrapper. You could go with either one of them. Nutritionally and taste-wise, That's, it's both about the yeah. same. <laughs> it's your option. It's your option. You're exactly right. This is Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. So um, two things, guys. And, and Bob will be back with us in a minute, we hope. He just lost his power at his house for whatever reason. 
hopefully it'll be something hilarious like he didn't pay the bill. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we could talk for a whole hour about that then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Um, So uh, this is a sign of how much I have not left my house in the month of January because of everything we've had going on with um, Kevin's uh, post-op. I went outside to take some recycling out to the can. And as I walked back to the house, I realized, because it was dark, um, that those twinkling colored lights I was seeing were Christmas lights around my front door that I completely forgot oh. were even there. So <laughs> I still have my front door. Now, the it's draped with um like pine, like uh, evergreen garland. And that's, of course, dead and brown. But the lights are just as bright and twinkly as ever. And they're on a timer. Kev put them on some kind of timer. So they don't come on during the day. So it's not like they catch my eye when I walk past that part of the, the living room. Yeah. They come They come on at night. And they stay on until, you know, probably midnight or so. So now I have to add to my list, take down the festive Christmas decorations at the front door that I forgot were there. And then the other thing, I must have been having a dream last night. Because I woke myself up clawing at my face. Have you ever had that where you, where whatever you're dreaming, you're acting it out physically? Yes. So the part, so I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even remember that this happened. Um, That, because this happens to me a lot. Like I, I wake myself up in the act of doing something that I'm dreaming about. But this time when I clawed my face, I went at my chin so hard I drew blood. And wow. And when I got up, um, so I'm in the shower and, and my face stings. And I'm like, what the what? And I rub at it and I come away and there's a little blood on my hand. What the heck? And yeah, so I've, I gave myself a good, nice gouge on the face <laughs> in my sleep. And um, yeah, I think the phrase someone needs to get out more. Definitely is starting to apply. <laughs> Have you yeah. ever had that happen though, where you you hurt your you hurt your own bad self think, in your sleep? I don't think I don't think I've ever clawed myself. I don't know, but it, it's for the last few weeks, I feel like I dream all night long, and I know I'm asleep, but I get up. I'm tired. I can't wait. I mean, I just can't get out of the stupid stuff Ooh. I'm doing, and none of it makes any sense. I don't know. Are, I don't usually dream they, like that. Are they good dreams or bad dreams? Now, I, I'm going to tell you what part of it is. Part of it is I dream I'm still working at Budweiser and there's oh. problems and I'm trying to solve these problems. And I wake up and I go, what the heck? Why are you even think? I never think about it. I don't know. I just can, don't know. Can I tell you what my recurring new weird dream is? My recurring yeah, yeah. new weird dream is. So now I produce the True Weird Stuff podcast. I have screwed up an edit. Oh. And I, I've had this now about a half dozen times. I am in absolute panic about that happening the other one is the actor's dream that i've had many times as well you're about to go on stage you are unrehearsed and you don't know your lines but you're in a costume and you're about to be thrust on stage that that one as well every once in a while i have the dream that i'm i'm at work like but a job from a long time ago 
And I've parked my car and come into the building and I'm heading down the hallway. And that's when I realize I'm not dressed or I don't have pants or something like that. Yes, and I know that yes. that's supposed to be like an anxiety dream, isn't it? Right. When right. You, when you yeah. dream. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. What What's there to be anxious about? <laughs> IDK. Um, but yeah, I, I have I have that one a lot. But this is the first time. And I've had some I had one dream as a kid. Oh, my God. My dreams when I was a kid. I, I'm surprised my parents didn't tie me to the bed. I had one dream where I woke myself up standing on my bed screaming and trying to throw myself at the wall and I wasn't six years old I was in high school like I have some vivid physical kinetic dreams this is the first time I've ever drawn blood in a dream Mm. and so of course you know I get I take shower and get dressed and feed the cats and bring Kev some juice and his morning medicine and get him fluffed up and he looks at me goes what happened to your face I said, I, I don't know. I attacked my face in a dream. And he goes like this. Why do you do that kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah, That's like your, as I go to sleep, I'm thinking, I'm going to scratch myself in the middle yeah. of the night. <laughs> I just don't seem to know any better. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Just a little bit earlier, we were talking about sleeping and dreaming and all kinds of stuff. I have got a list of sleep myths. I'll go through them. Myth number one, it doesn't matter what time of day you sleep. Unfortunately, the time of day does matter. Our circadian rhythm, the internal circuitry that guides the secretion of melatonin, is influenced a lot by natural sunlight. So like when the sun comes up and we go outside, that sunshine immediately stops the floodgates of melatonin and switches the own phase of our rhythm. And conversely, going to a dark environment is what allows for the secretion of melatonin. So, you know, you may be able to get a good sleep, you know, that supports your health, if you're very diligent about the exposure they get to natural sunlight, if you're like a a, a shift worker. So like, let's say you're a nurse or something and you get off at six o'clock in the morning. What they say is you need to be like wearing sunglasses on the drive home. You know, just try to don't, you know, try to be dark. And as soon as you get home, get into a room that's got those thick blackout curtains so you can get the melatonin going as quick as possible. Mm. Because, you know, after you get off work, driving home in the sunlight and spending time in the sunlight is going to keep you from going to sleep. Number you know, two, I'm starting, I'm a okay. little worried about, I'm a little worried about this, you guys, because, you know, again, like um, my poor husband is not used to being immobilized like this. He's not sleeping yeah. well at night, so he falls asleep and takes a little nap during the day. This is someone who never napped. I don't think he took a nap as a baby. Like He doesn't yeah. nap. So he'll fall asleep during the day, and I'm watching in real time his circadian rhythms go getting weirder and stranger. Yeah, and but what can I do? I mean, you can't like I can't get a well, can't do anything right shoot now. him in the face. I mean, there's no. nothing I can do. <laughs> wake up! Well, wake up! This <laughs> listen. This this will take care of itself once he gets a little bit more mobile. Now that's going to be a couple of months, so it's going to take a while. But once he gets a little bit more mobile. You know, if he can get outside and, you know, just, I don't know. I, I think, I don't think there's much you can do about it while he's stuck in the house. 
I think it's just I, sort of part of the deal. When I um, so a couple of days ago, I was like, and it's winter time. Oh my god! So it's like I can't even like he can't even sit outside. Like if this were June, he could sit outside. Yeah, but he's trapped indoors on one gray, dreary, cold day after another. So, you know, I'm doing what I can to keep him to try to keep him on a schedule. But while I'm at work, you know, it's whatever. If he falls asleep, he falls asleep. He and falls asleep. I mean, yeah. it's a sin because he's awake at night because it hurts. This is um, this is like for anybody that said to me, oh, I feel so sorry for you. Don't feel sorry for me. I did nothing. I wouldn't trade places. You, you know what I'm talking about, Lamar, because you've been in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. this is, I don't need any sympathy. Like I'm con, I yeah. have concerns, but yeah, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to tell him when we finish up today that it does matter when you sleep. Yeah. And when I no, tell him Lamar did some research on, um, and he says it does matter when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, uh, number two, one night of sleep deprivation will have lasting effects. I used to hear this all the time, but, your sleep's not going to be perfect every night, this guy says. Every now and then we might struggle. If we experience some stress during the day or, or whatever and our sleep suffers at night, we stay up a little bit too late. But you can likely resolve it with what they call recovery sleep. See, I get, like, on the weekends, I get some recovery sleep. You know, we get up early. It, it, I've always yeah. been getting up early forever. I left one job getting up early to another job getting up early. But if you have an off night or you, or you don't get the sleep you're looking for, then try to get back on track when you can, but take you a nap, you know, take a two hour nap. If that's what you need to do. I mean, that's you know, this next one really bothers me. Being able to fall asleep anytime, anywhere is a good thing. Cause that's me, buddy. I can lay down on a cement floor yeah. and in five minutes. I'm asleep. That is a myth that a good sleeper would be able to hit the pillow and fall asleep right away. This is because sleep is a process. It takes a well-rested, healthy person about 15 to 20 minutes or maybe even a little bit longer to fall asleep. Oh, no. No, it does not take me. Now, if I take a nap, like when we get through with the show, uh, if I'm sleepy because I get up really early, if I take a nap, like if I'm going to take a 30-minute nap because I don't like to take a long nap during the day. I take a quick nap. I take a 30-minute nap. I set my timer for 32 minutes because it's going to take me about two minutes to go to sleep. This 15 to 20 minute thing, I don't know. So evidently I, they say this is a sign of chronically sleep deprived, but I've always you, been able to go to sleep. You have been. And I used to be like you, Lamar, and I'm not anymore. And so I break, so I break all of the rules. I have put the TV on. To like an old movie, like yeah, another yeah, whatever, you're not supposed to do that. Not supposed or to do that. Science Channel, because in the 15 minutes it takes me to fall asleep, my brain does so much overthinking that I don't yeah. fall asleep at all. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like the hamster gets on that wheel and she starts a running. So yeah, it is far better for me to fall asleep watching if we built Absolutely. it today on the Science Channel. <laughs> It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Um, so check this out. That feeling, that doubtful feeling that you have, maybe right leading up to your wedding, they call it premarital doubt. And this is 
This is from the Journal of Family Psychology. So, you know, we didn't get this off crack.com or the dirty. Um, that, that feeling of premarital doubt. At least one partner in two-thirds of engaged couples and married couples Has said, it? yeah, I had premarital doubt. Really? 47% of husbands and 38% of wives said that I had cold feet. And here's what it turns out. Does having that cold feet um, predict the likelihood of divorce? For husbands, it doesn't. But for wives, it does. So if you're, if you're engaged and you're a guy and you're having doubts and you get married anyway, your doubts are not really linked to divorce. But if you're engaged and you're a woman and you're having doubts, it's a really strong predictor hmm. for divorce. Here's how strong. Of all the women, and 38% of engaged women have cold feet, one in five, 20% of those marriages end in divorce. That's a lot. Not in comparison to the total number of divorces, though. One in five, I thought you were going to say it was going to be higher than that. Well, there are four of us in this room. I mean, that's 20%. Let's get get Jonathan, the intern up here. We're all engaged. We all have cold feet. One of our marriages is going to fail. I think that's pretty high. That's pretty high. When it comes to us, well, it yeah, becomes, <laughs> you almost have to know physics. I did just offer to hook <laughs> yeah, up with June for, in exchange for a mortgage payoff. So I'm, uh, I've, I may not be marital material. I've never had cold feet. I've never had cold feet. Never. So what that says to me is someone else did. well 47 percent of men have cold feet you might have been in the 53 percent yeah obviously i was i always did you always did always wow you've had you've had cold feet so much you could have been an ice age yep i've definitely i definitely and you never you never thought really of uh of acting on it of course i thought of acting on it but the it, you know, the momentum thing. Yeah. And that's the problem with it because I called off a wedding eight weeks out. And what's really difficult about it is you know that what you're doing is right. You, When you know, you know, period. When you have it inside your gut that says, do not do this, you you, you know that you shouldn't do it. But, know, the prob- but the problem with it is you know that yeah. you are hurting people. Lots of people. Yeah. Lots of people, disappointing lots of people. Yeah. And I think that people's desire to not do that, they uh, they get married and they go ahead with it. And when I called it off, I had, cannot begin to tell you how many people came up to me and said, I wish I would have done that. I knew at that time. I wanted- can I, can I ju- I've just come up with a brilliant idea. Okay, because I want to tell you something really interesting okay, well, about that, that. That's fine. But my brilliant idea trumps this. So I, I got to go. I can't wait to hear it. Because this is such a problem. Because there are so many divorces. They make people so unhappy and all. And marriages shouldn't have worked out. And you got all this thing with cold feet, especially with women. You set it up. It becomes a part of our culture where there is, just like in football, a two-minute warning. Now, it's not two minutes before the, uh, the wedding, but maybe it's two months or two weeks before the wedding. And everyone knows that that's the deal. You're in that that's window, yeah. You're in the deal. And, and people will be saying, did they get through the uh, two-month warning or the two-week? What would be better, two-week or two months? Two months, but we two have months. to did get... Did they get through the two-month? Oh, they didn't. Oh, uh, well, maybe they're better off. We have to get caterers and florists and everybody to agree to sign the two-month warning contract. Yes, yeah. Because you're out. That's Listen, exactly right. What the, I think it's a brilliant idea. Listen to how powerful this cold feet thing is. It is so powerful that when scientists looked at growing up with divorced parents, 
living together before marriage, having a, quote, difficult personality. Difficult personality, right? Right. They looked at all of these other factors and they said, you know what? Growing up with divorced parents, living together before marriage, having a difficult personality. Those three things combined are not as strong a predictor of divorce as having cold feet. No kidding. Yeah. You're not really embracing my my too no, much I like warning. Your, I like I think, your idea. And it, and it makes me uncomfortable when I say into a microphone, that was my idea and it's a brilliant idea. And then people talk about something else. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I need validation when I pointed my my own brilliance out. All right. Uh, let me just observe. I know, I, I know that's a weak let, part of my personality, but it's there. Let me just observe, and not for the first time, your humility. <laughs> <laughs> the humblest. The humblest. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. So Max was just telling us about this street performer in Ireland that's blowing up as a result of a performance. And he's like, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not hearing it. So let us hear it and, and see, maybe we'll hear it. All right, I'll play a little of this for you. I used to hold the dice, feel the fear in my enemy's eyes, listen as the crowd was singing. Now the old king is dead, along live the king. One minute I held the king. I mean, it, it's infinitely better than anything I've ever been able to do, but okay. I don't hear it. Lamar, Doc, do you? No. Do you hear it, Doc? I, I mean, it's it's interesting. It, so she's Irish, and so there's a there's a, a site on X, the Magic Mod, who said they put it yesterday, and it's gotten a million views. She's well, really cute, that. and she seems like that perhaps that she's been the, a winner in the genetic lottery if you catch my drift. Well, okay. but uh, here's the deal, though. When you said she was Irish, I was expecting her to sound different than that. I, I, I don't know. Am I missing the brogue? Is the brogue? I like the Irish brogue, but I'm Wait, like, a lot of times that flattens out when they sing. That happens with English people, too. Um, yeah. She has 2.3 million followers on Instagram. I don't know. But well, now, it, it, it's apparently I mean, we, a thing. We have uh, featured a lot of street performers on this show, and some of them take your breath away. I, I yeah. guess, and I like Coldplay. I, I'm, and I'm rooting for this person, but I... Man, I, maybe I just don't have the ear for it. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. 
Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.